puns are not the way to introduce this game. Let me ask you, Matt, what's the most fun time you've ever had exhibiting or performing uh, large forms of property damage? <laughs> this is dead air, Matt. This is not good for the podcast. You're going to have to think on your feet. I really enjoyed going to town on my lawn when things get out of hand. Uh, I'd burn it down if I could. Basically, anytime you mow your lawn, you're saying that that's property damage against yourself. <laughs> well, occasionally I'm given I'm I'm given incentive to destroy a bush or a plant. <laughs> And you know what? It's time to remove it. That's just less lawn you got to mow in the future. But, yeah. you know, it's a little, a little masochistic. Yeah. Uh, well, what about you, Garrett? What sort of property damage have you gotten involved with in, in, in the past? Uh, I was involved with it. I personally wasn't the, the, the perp here. But my brother decided to play with some matches in our yard. Mm-hmm. Set the whole yard on fire. Yeah. It, it is. He <laughs> uh, burned it into the shape of China. It was almost the size of China, too. That's it pretty was, good. It was impressive. Yeah, he, he did quite a bit. But yeah, I, I mostly just put the fire out. So I, I guess I'm not technically at fault here. But Well, I guess if you're stomping on it really hard, you know, you <laughs> might cause a little bit extra yeah, I kinda, damage. Yeah, I kind of, a little soil, I definitely, definitely Salted the earth damage. so nothing would ever grow again. Absolutely. Allie, what about you? Uh, I was a big fan of taking a baseball bat to the pumpkins after Halloween. We didn't need them Ooh. anymore. Um, good times, just smashing away at those so, bad boys. So, so owned by your sisters, I imagine, making older sisters cry by taking their pumpkins far beyond. Yeah, they, they always took the good pumpkin them. for the carving, and I was left with the little deformed pumpkin, and their retribution was <laughs> November first, yeah. and I just went outside five a.m. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I think my best form of property damage, we snuck into some dorms that were under construction at our college, and we all took showers with sort of incomplete plumbing equipment in there, because mm. uh, we wanted to be the first ones to shower in these buildings because we're idiot college kids, and that's something to aspire to be. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I don't know what kind of damage that done. I hope it didn't do any damage, but they did complete the buildings mm. on time, so... But anyways, we're talking about property damage today, Garrett. We're talking about legal damage, maybe. A little lawsuit damage, a little punitive damage later on. A little wink-wink, nudge-nudge to future events. But first, I guess we should introduce the show. Hello, my name is Thomas Sugarberg, and today you are listening to Roll and Move, the Internet's podcast where you take a look at bad board games, and we uh, sort of break them apart, figure out what makes them bad, makes them maybe not so bad in some different ways. And I'm one of your first co-hosts, Thomas Sugarberg, and with me here, as always, is... Garrett Lively, tied for third in total number of wins on the podcast. However, tied for first in most appearances. <laughs> I'm going to run you out of town on that one. And also with us, not as per usual, we have... You, you've heard her before. Hi, I'm Allison. I'm back. She's back. They invited me. I, I beat them one time. They invited me back. They wanted more. Did not beat them again, but I tried. We two, couldn't two, convince her to leave. Two clarifications. I was not beaten in that. I was the game master. You were. I, I just want to I point beat, that out. Me and Karen beat Jeff and Thomas. And two, I would. I just want to say, uh, Allison was thrilled. She's like, oh, am I invited to be on this this episode? So I, I literally almost cried. <laughs> <laughs> and then in stepping in, sealing the deal, we replaced Jeff. That's right. I've been telling you how long, I, for forever I've been saying we need to get rid of that Trying guy. Trying to get him out. Dead weight. He's gone. Well, you know what? A little nepotism is at play here because filling in filling in the hole right there. My big guy. Matt, fill in uh, Tom's hole. How you there feeling? There you go. How you feeling about that? I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm feeling great. Thomas is enjoying it too, I'm sure. Making yeah. sure of that brotherly love. Of course. Um uh thomas's brother here first appearance uh first win uh with the game uh, mm-hmm. 
Um, That's right. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy. I enjoyed myself. So, Garrett, what are we talking about today? All this talk about property damage and breaking the law. Well, you know, so so I was actually pretty familiar with this game, and I I, I kind of let you guys come into a clean slate with this. But I was I was in half price books, my old stomping grounds. You know, I stomp I stomp the grounds there quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Half price books. I'm uh, browsing. I'm browsing through the game section. I'm usually looking for uh, just horrible pieces of trash. That's what I'm looking for. I'm nice. Looking, I'm looking for some garbage. Excellent. I'm looking for something that uh, has a slight slight uh, scent of mildew. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm smelling it. And I'm like, nobody has played this in years. If it's it hasn't it. sustained water it's damage, if, you don't want it. That, exactly right. Right. Um, but you know what I was surprised to find mm-hmm. was the now out of print version of a game called Terran Meeple City. So this game, Terran Meeple City, was originally released as Rampage. And what do you do in this game? Well, have you ever played the video game Rampage? I have played Rampage. I have, yes. yes. I have, yes. We actually, so my my experience with Rampage was, I remember when the N64 had come out, because uh, I believe it came out pretty, pretty like, or like slightly after the mid-90s, like 96, I think it was in a, when it came out. We rented an N64 from Blockbuster, because <laughs> you could do that. You could rent the entire console. And I think this was me, you guys, and my old friend David Carlisle might have been in the mix too with this, mm-hmm. but we played uh, that Rampage game uh, that they had, Rampage World Tour, yeah. probably for 12 hours straight. I remember playing it long into the night. The game doesn't end. It just goes, <laughs> it's like goes on to hundreds of levels and you're just going to these random towns and you're doing the same thing. You're just smashing buildings, eating people, and I don't know, it did it, it, it goes on forever. I don't know if there's a point to it, I, but it's pretty much in line with the arcade game, from what I understand. Doesn't any of you, just in each your quarters. Yeah, yeah. So I saw this game, and I, I I knew a little bit about the history of this game. I've I've uh, I've seen it around. I've seen Terror in Maple City, but I was intrigued to see the Rampage version because I knew a little bit about the uh, legal woes of said Rampage. Um, so I wanted to bring it in, show it to you guys. Um, and I know a lot of times we talk about cash grab games. Usually we talk about really bad board games. And and mm-hmm. I knew kind of going into this that we were going to have a little bit more positive light on the actual game that we're playing today. But maybe not so much on the uh, the decisions that went into the production of the game. So I, ah, I there's it, your tie-in. Yeah. There you Smart way to go about it there, Ex- Exactly. So I wanted to talk about that. I thought it'd be an interesting case study today. And uh, we had some, uh, some we, we played, we uh, not here today, unfortunately, is my, my dear friend Gabby. She also joined us for the game. Um, so we had, we had a full four-player game, dug in, and then uh, afterwards I shared some of the, the insights that I already knew about this game with my... Uh, with my co-players. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the the brief history of what we wanted to do today. Mm-hmm. So, uh with that, I know I know we no- normally sort of look at the background and the history and the developer of the game, but because that sort of ties in to the whole reason why it's on a podcast about bad board games in the first place, that's going to probably clock in somewhere around the analysis portion sure. of the mm-hmm. of the podcast. So I think the best thing to do first is Gare when you popped this sucker open, Ooh. were you intimidated? Was I ever? Because what's uh, in the box, my friend? Inside our box, we have at least, what, 60 meeples, just very various colored meeples. We got blue, we got black, we got gray, we got yellow, we got red, we got green. Mm-hmm. These are all various characters. The reds are superheroes, the blues are policemen, the greens are army men. That doesn't matter. There's different colors. We've got a nice 
two interlocking game boards, and, and the way these interlock is these, there's a uh, puzzle-shaped piece uh, missing, uh, I guess half a puzzle-shaped piece me- missing from each half. You push the two halves of the board game together, and you set a uh, final piece of the board inside. It interlocks all of the game together. Hmm. And uh, this raised little piece here is the rubble of a building that you're going to build. Furthermore, we have tons of building tiles, and uh, they're double-sided. On one side is the floor of a building. On the other side is the roof of a building. And you're you're basically uh, in five or six various spots on the board. You're going to construct these uh, three-story buildings. Uh, these buildings are actually held up. Strangely, meeples are the, uh, the the four corners of each building. So mm-hmm. these are actually the pillars of the building. Or the, are the Built meeples. on the backs of the workers inside of them. That's right. Sick. That's right. The working class. Mm-hmm. And then on top, you're gonna throw a nice, uh, you're gonna throw a nice roof tile up there. The the, the flip side of the, the floor tiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have various player screens that represent monsters. We have uh, some monsters with some wooden blocked monsters. We got some, the the meeples, by the way, wooden. And uh, th- these are nice thick cardboard pieces of building. So we, we got we got nice some sizable little hefty chunks. Oh, for they're you to play hefty. With. It's they're, good stuff. They're, they're yeah, they're they're very hefty. I, mm-hmm. I would say great. Yeah. Uh, tactile feel to most of this board game. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got some player screens for your monsters. We got some teeth to throw on your monsters. And then we got some cards. These cards are uh, basically variable pa- player powers. They give you a uh, character name, character uh, motives. Mm-hmm. They give you some powers and maybe like a super secret superpower right. to, to go along with. You got that. normal powers and then you got like super secret powers. That's the right. super secret power that you can only use once. That's right. The normal power you can use pretty much as one of your actions during the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as as you know, I'm a, a big stickler for rule books. We had a nice rule book in this bad boy. And we also had an accompanying Allison's got the rule book with her. We had a nice accompany accompanying I can't say that word. Accompanying. Accompanying. Uh, reference sheet. That you can hand to the other side of the table, and they can take a peek at the the various icon iconography mm-hmm. symbols and uh, stats for your for your monsters. You, so that's that's a that's a good good summary of you, what we got. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of you know that board game that I gave Stephen. This is our other brother. This is my me and Matt's other brother. It was the one with the Greek uh, sort of structures where you have the different heroes and you have to move them onto the different the different towers. Yes, Santorini. Santorini. Thank you. Got it. Awesome. There we go. So yeah, Santorini, where uh, you have all the different types of players that you can play, and they each have their own special ability, and okay. it allows for a bunch of different variations for sure. when you play the game again. Sure. So, and I, you would think to have all these different variants when it comes to special abilities that y- you would create, you would wind up creating a really, really thick rule book. A monster, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Uh, but thankfully, the rule books are pretty thin, and they're really readable. They did a great job organizing the information so that uh, you really can just hand it off, hand off the other half to the other half of the table, sure. and they can take a look at it, and they can learn everything that they need to on their own. And it didn't take too much explaining or anything like that. That's exactly right. And and actually, as a as a little aside, this is this is actually one of the rare podcasts that Thomas and I are recording live in person. I'm I'm here in L.A. And as such, I sub- I subjected the four players playing with me today mm-hmm. to sit through the rules with me. Normally, I have to slog through the rules all by myself. So I'm glad you glad you made that point. Yes, these rules were super simple to go through. We had everybody sit down. It was a 15 minute explanation, and everybody was pretty much ready to play. You know, of course, there were a couple clarification moments, but for the most part, everybody was ready to roll. 
And the only thing that people really had questions about were their variable player powers. So yeah, so yeah, the the rules were nice, um, and that was great. And I, I think variable player power is a you know it's a touchy subject, and it can usually get you in a lot of trouble. So so let's jump into the minds of some of the players here. So Allison, mm-hmm. when it was your yes. turn to go, why don't you why don't you educate our our listeners a little bit on your you're you're the player. It's your time your turn to move. What do you what do you got to do? What are what is sort of the on the menu for things that you're going you can do or choose to do and then when it's your turn to go. Uh so I personally had a rough time but I had a great time with this game. I made a lot of bad decisions, but so you're supposed to flick. You have a little like Round, oh, what would it be called? Those are, those are called your paws. Yeah, those are your paws. Those are your paws. Yeah. A little round disc that uh, you don't move in the sense of a normal board game where you move spaces. You flick this a little disc, like a little hockey puck, across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first instinct was to flick this thing as hard as possible, <laughs> um, sending many flings, things flying including meeples, off the board. It's high-quality lacquered wood. It's going to go flying it's, like it, a hockey puck. That thing soared. So, <laughs> um, it had a pretty low coefficient of friction, right? It just, <laughs> just starts sliding everywhere. Just, that thing goes. It didn't come to a stop. No. Um, and then, so what I really appreciate about the game was there's different gimmicks you can do. So you can put your little monster that you have, and you can, and you can either blow... Or you can uh, you can blow, you can toss your a car, mm-hmm. or you can drop your dinosaur onto a building, um, mm-hmm. causing a lot of chaos. So these are the four different types of actions that you can do. You can do movement, you can do, yes. and then you can start attacking, right? Yes. You can attack the buildings that are on the boards that are supported by these meeples. She mentioned blowing, she mentioned dropping. Now, there's there's specific rules to dropping, Matt. You remember, we went over this multiple times. <laughs> I do. How yes. strict these rules for dropping I, are. You know what they are? Uh, yes. What are the rules? You you have to keep, so, uh, so as far as you dropping your piece on the board, you have a small character, about three inches high, um, that is your, your little monster, and as far as dropping the piece, if you if you get up close to it, you have the ability to crush it with your piece itself. So you pick up your piece, assuming that this is the the action that you want to do, and mm-hmm. you hold your piece above the ar- on the board with your arm parallel. Parallel is key. Parallel is, is key. key. Now you can't stand on your seat. Also I key. I know what our audience is thinking. They're thinking, well, I know what I'll these, do. These, I'll just put down some phone books on my chair, and I'll sit on those. That's right. I, I, house <laughs> rules dictated that you couldn't do that. <laughs> Thankfully. Thankfully. <laughs> I asked, could I put my put my chair on the table? The answer was no. <laughs> but I, uh, we, we decided that you had to keep your arm parallel to the table, and you had to stay seated from a reasonable position. Mm-hmm. And uh, using those rules, uh, we, we we were dropping the pieces. Gravity so, does the work. And yeah, it, it jostles the layers of the. Uh, so so at, after you drop it, or you choose to blow on it, or if you pick up a little car, this is the third action we didn't get to talk about. You can put it on top of your monster and flick it at a structure, but uh, it knocks some of the layers of the structure off, exposing some of the meeple, which go into the little neighborhoods because your board is divided up into several different neighborhoods, and if the meeples. Go on to the neighborhood. They are it's free free dinner for everybody in That's that right. zone, right? Yeah. You can you can gobble them all up, and then if you completely knocked off some of the layers, you get to collect those layers sort of as victory points, if you will. That's right. Uh, am I missing anything here, Gare? That's that's basically it. Uh, the the really the only other thing is uh, the the 
action to gobble up the meeples isn't actually an action. You just end your turn and however many meeples are laying around your laying around your feet, however many teeth you have left. We we didn't really talk about this. Each each monster starts with six teeth, and you can lose up to four of them if you get knocked over by the other monsters. And every tooth allows you to eat one meeple. Allows you to right. eat extra meeples. Yeah. yeah. So so that that's kind of it. There's a there's a bunch of uh, little rules that kind of dictate what happens if meeples go off the board. We don't really need to go into that based on for you the listener to understand how the game works. The game is you move your character, you flick your characters around, you flick cars at buildings, you blow buildings down. We didn't talk about blowing. Uh, blowing, you put your chin on top of your character and you blow. <laughs> Actually, you're you're not allowed to inhale until you put your chin down. So, which was funny because this <laughs> yeah. inevitably caused laughter from the players. But yeah, you put your chin down, you inhale, and then you blow to try to jostle a, a building or a meeple or, mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, and th- so, yeah, those are the four actions. But yeah, like I said, the the minutia of all those: what happens if a character goes off the board? What happens if a meeple you know falls down a flight of stairs? What happens if a meeple bounces and uh, flies up three stories and lands mm-hmm. perfectly so that he's uh, doing the splits between two different neighborhoods. Don't worry about that. The basics of the game, you're trying to move around and destroy the city and eat meeples, and those are how, those are the victory points that allow you to win. Mm-hmm. So what did you think, Allison? Have you ever played a game like this that's more... They call this uh, a dexterity-based game, where that's you're right. u- really using your hands and you're more physically involved with the game than more of a thinking or bluffing game. Some of the sort of the other games that you played with Garrett and myself before have usually been mental. What did you think of this one? Uh, this, def- this has definitely been one of the more unique uh, functioning of board games I've played. Um, I haven't like really come across things with so many different gimmicks and aspects and like even like the general like say you're throwing a car they there's special abilities that allow you to like say my uh our friend gabby was able to throw my monster across the across the board as <laughs> a special a ability <laughs> and that was just so funny so there's things like that that really like added and like built like really added and like built upon the just the general rules of the game mm-hmm. which really kind of i For me, really upped the enjoyment, like just how much I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And I just found it incredibly, just also very funny as well as just really fun. Oh, yeah. Plus, you just just love destroying things. Of course. I want to jump back to Matt's intro, which, which again, I I said I wanted to come back to, but it's a bit one of the rules for the beginning of the game is you do your best monster roar, and whoever does the best monster roar gets to start the game. And so, you know, we we tell that to everybody, and I, I, I tell that to Matt, and Matt goes, okay, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> and so we counted that as his monster roar, and I was like, you know what? That is because he uh, he had the softy card, so we, right. he had the big softy monster, and so that's what he, a monster named Softy would do. That's right. He would he would uh, be a little timid about everything. Not sure if he's uh, gonna destroy too many buildings today. Yeah, but Matt, our big winner. What you what you think about the? Uh, what you think? Have you played a dexterity game? Not that I recall. Um, uh, I would say that this is this definitely had more physical interaction with the game itself Mm -hmm. than I'm typically used to. Um, As far as my ability to flick a disc, um, (laughs) short short distance. Slightly, maybe wanting a little bit in that department. As as far as being able to gauge how far that disc would slide, that's that's a bit of a challenge. Um, uh, So there is, and not only flicking your disc in order to move, which you might do once or twice, um, you also have the option of blowing, which mm-hmm. is a physical thing that you're 
So you're also doing that. Yeah, you're you're yeah. yeah, you're you're doing that. You might be bad at it. Um uh I I was. I definitely laughed when I first tried to. I I yeah. thought that the things I, weighed way more than they actually did cuz when you first blew, nothing moved. Nothing yeah. uh, like one piece fell down. And I was like, "Oh, okay. All right. These are these are more sturdy, <laughs> stable, <laughs> heavy than I thought they'd be." Thomas the Big Bad Wolf blows down an entire city. Just, <laughs> I blew off, I blew down a building on the other side of the game. And he knocks off like 20 <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the um things hit the other building. That's so, oh, I see. Well, I just, just I really blow. That's yeah, the, that's you, the key takeaway. <laughs> you're good at it. But I will say there is one other dexterity game that you might have played. Do you remember Yahoo Buckaroo? I do remember that. I do remember that. That that had some physical elements. You there was a cowboy in front of. There was a horse in front of you. There it was, was a kind big of a bull. Ca- a big bull with all these hooks on it. Well, it was a catapult. And oh, there you was, had the catapult. Yeah, the firing. catapult was in front of you. You put your um, cowboy on the catapult, and then in the in the center um, of everyone else, and um, in front of you, there was a uh, a bucking bull right. with some with multiple horns mm-hmm. that were coming off of it. Not just its head, but its sides and um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, off the old side horns as well. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's it wasn't really anatomically correct yeah. correct had a lot more point more part porcupine but, but than was, anything that guys. was fun that was that was but that was more random too this this had mm-hmm. um, because i would also say that dexterity games like that usually have one specific movement that you're doing again and again and again yeah, right yeah. you're flicking for you're flicking the uh the cowboy onto as many cowboys as you can yeah. onto the bull and i feel like it's the same thing with like the the hot shots basketball game and right. um most of the dexterity games that I can think of, you're doing one repetitive action over and over again, which is what sort of makes this a special experience because you're you're flicking the puck, you're putting your chin on the thing, you're blowing, you're flicking the car off the top of it and trying to aim your shots to either hit another player. You're, you're, there's, there's multiple really creative methods of destruction that they're implementing in this game to make it a truly interesting and diverse uh, dexterity game. Yeah, I mean, if you even think of something like foosball, uh, which I would, you know, a dexterity game, maybe not a board game, but a dexterity game, Mm -hmm. there sure is certainly a high skill ceiling with that, but maybe not so much tactically. Now, I'm sure there are foosball players up there that have, you know, great tactics and all that. But, you know, essentially... Most have, people are spinning. Yeah, you right. You're not even allowed to you're spin in football. Spin. They're spinning. You, you've, but you, you've got your tactics laid out, and generally it's, hey, get the ball into the goal. Here you have multiple paths to victory. You can knock out teeth. You can go for your special goal. You can go for rainbows. You can uh, eat the most meeples. You can eat the most floors. You can destroy the most buildings. Whatever it is, multiple paths to victory and multiple actions you can take on your turn. you got a kind of a, a point salad. You can kind of determine what you want to do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, usually you don't see this with dexterity games, to your point, where it's just like, all right, here's what you do, try to do it the best. Here, yeah, you want to do it the best, but still, you have some options as far as which path you want to take. Um, And I would expect no less from the designer of this game, which we haven't talked about, Mm -hmm. uh, in, in all of these categories, because... As you may be familiar with, you know, Seven Wonders, you have multiple paths to victory. You right. have you have seven different categories you can choose from. Mm-hmm. Mr. Antoine Bowser, the designer of uh, of Rampage here, is also the designer of Seven Wonders. And that is one of the most highly, uh, I think it's a perfect time to explain it because um, I'm not sure how much board games you play, Matt, but that is one of the most well-regarded board games that's out there uh, on 
the internet, you see this on sale at Target. It's a widely available and yet still high, highly respected board games by, you know, sort of the, you know, diehard community, which is something that's not all too common. Uh, and to see someone make a shift from designing a game like Seven Wonders, where could you tell them a little bit like Seven Wonders? How different is that from a game like Rampage? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Seven Wonders is almost a uh, card drafting game. If you think of like uh, think of like the NFL draft, where you're trying to draft your players, you've you've got a hand of cards and you're trying to pick which one's going to be best because you know after you pick, somebody else is going to pick, and so you may not have that option. Um, as you're going through it, though, you're 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 building your society, or you're gathering your resources, you're building um, your your pantheon to the gods, you're building up your army, and so you're you're balancing these different strategic options all all the while keeping an eye on your neighbors, seeing what they're doing, right. making you, and you want to take the cards that they may want, but are also good for you. You're uh you're also looking over to your right and see if they're building up an army and if they're gonna if they're gonna have a stronger army than you. So a so diplomatic you, resource management game. Matt. Does that sound <laughs> up your alley? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd like that. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty that. good. But it, but in in there's no time limit. There's no there's no flicking. You don't have to toss the cards over. You don't have to put the ball on a hoop. There's mm-hmm. nothing whatsoever. Like you could you could play this game. I don't know with tweezers if you wanted to. I guess. I mean, I, right. I don't. I don't. I don't know a good way to put this. But play with no, chopsticks. Huh? <laughs> it's right. That's bizarre. There's no dexterity element whatsoever in this game, so it, it's interesting. And and you couldn't play that game with say, you know, an eight year old, right? Right. This game, throw it on the table. I mean, just have your four year old start flicking away. He's gonna. He's yeah. gonna play. You That's probably got to set it up for him. Those setups. You might are a have set crazy. it up. You might have but set it up. This game is this. It's it's a totally different ball game from like his earlier work, which is so impressive because. Clearly, you have this very skilled, this very intelligent, this very uh, capable designer. What possibly, Garrett, could have gone wrong to make us in any way, in any avenue, be able to include it on this podcast? Let's jump down this rabbit hole, shall we? So I've I've listened a little bit to Mr. Bowser talk about this game, and and I think he had every good intention when designing this game I, I even heard him say <laughs> i even heard him say that he del- they delayed this game because he wanted to get the price down you know this is about a 30 minute game he right he don't want to be selling it for you know 60 75 bucks mm-hmm. for a family game you know because you can go get hungry hungry hippos for 15 dollars at walmart right a lot of plastic he, on that that's though. right he, he wanted he wanted to get this down to a nice reasonable price for families i think that's awesome i think that's great yeah and so you know, he 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 even simplified the game. He I think he said he originally had six options you could take on your turn instead of four. But you know, if you're, you got a kid, that may be a little bit too much mental overload. He simplified it, and he still he still maintained a great game. They right? haven't learned how to count to six yet. They you got to be careful. <laughs> it's tough, but he still maintained a great game. You had fun, Allison. I had a great time. You had fun, Matt. Definitely. We as thirty somethings, twenty somethings, had a great time playing this game. And I, I think that's a credit to Mr. Bowser and the game design. Mm-hmm. Where you know I think who didn't have fun, Garrett. I do. Miss one Warner Brothers. <laughs> Warner two, Brothers. I, I two brothers. Two Warner Brothers interactive. <laughs> and I think, and I, and I don't know who to blame for this. I don't know if it's uh, Repos Productions or, or Mr. Bowser. I'm gonna guess it's probably on the Repos Production side. You know, you, mm-hmm. you send this out to your company, and they're like, I you got the to, perfect name. I know how to make this sell. You ever play that game on the N64 where you're a big lizard and you're destroying buildings and you're eating people? Rampage. Let's call it that. And you know what? Or on or on the uh when we're on the I don't know, the scent there. 
Mm-hmm. Let's make the game look very similar to it. Let's put a dinosaur right on the front cover. He's destroying some buildings. <sighs> what do you think about that? I think they even take it a step further. We start looking at these tiles. You see a ton of just like, and this isn't so much for the cell value of it, but you see Easter eggs. You see right? Easter eggs everywhere. You see the bat symbol on top of buildings. I think you can see uh, Indiana Jones's whip and hat just uh, just sitting there by a couch. You've got, uh, I think you have the Buster Sword from Final Fantasy VII. There's tons. Are you serious? There's yeah. the Buster Sword? Yeah, in there? absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's like, Ooh. there's like, a, dozens and dozens of Easter eggs throughout, littered throughout this board game. So I, I don't necessarily. You know. can get away with a lot of that. Yeah, you absolutely. really with, can. With, with Easter eggs, you totally can. And I, and I don't know where I stand on this game because I, I think in one sense. It's a love letter, right? It's like, right. I love whoever at Repos, or maybe even Mr. Bowser himself was like, I love Rampage. Or, well, you heard what movie he would watch when it, it would it inspire that's him. That's right. He, he, he actually based, he he went out, saw Cloverfield, the the, uh, the monster movie. I think that's all in like shaky handheld camera. Is, yeah. that, is that the Cloverfield movie? Yeah, Al, Alice, is that the Cloverfield? Have you ever seen Cloverfield? I've never seen Cloverfield. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Matt, there. have you seen yeah. Cloverfield? Is that the Cloverfield movie we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's a it's a big monster destruction movie. He sees that movie and he's like, I'm gonna make a, a fun monster game. Uh, so I don't even think it was based off of Rampage. I'm I'm gonna again point mm-hmm. to Repos here. Right. Um but yeah, somebody there on the design team's like, hey, let's 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 uh trick this up to make it look like Rampage. And uh maybe it was maybe it was with the best intentions, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was to to do a cash grab and, and right. that's kind of what y'all's thoughts on. You think uh, you think they're just doing this to move units? You think uh, you think it's a love letter, malicious or love letter, Matt? What do you think? I think that they had some creative inspirations. Um, they created some really unique and in- in- ways of interacting with the board. They created some, I thought, really good instructions and um, or really uh, some good pamphlets. Um, I think the majority of my enjoyment from the game came from the way you interact with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that there's a lot of creativity with that. Um, I don't think the monsters themselves ha- looked exactly like the game, but um, uh, if if you, as Garrett mentioned, the front of the box did have bear some similarities, and it had and it matched the um, one word name, which is <laughs> Rampage, um, which has. A, a dinosaur is a main character that is destroying a city, right? See, I think this. I'm I'm a little bit more favorable towards the side of the board game here, okay. because it's not like a unique character. Like if I made a board game with a lo- guy with long brown hair and a goatee who looks a little bit like Keanu Reeves, and I called it John Wick, right? That is <laughs> that is a direct that is a direct character. Yeah. Right, that is owned by a film giant. Rampage is a verb. Yeah. It is. It is a. It is a single word that is not owned by anybody. You can't do that. You can't just say, "Hey, you can't use the word badass." <laughs> Are we named our film badass? That's a. That is a word that is commonly used. That's like Paris Hilton trying to trademark the word hot or <laughs> that's hot or Donald Trump trying to say you're fired as mine. Everyone's been firing people forever, right? <laughs> so I don't like. I understand why they were a little bit miffed, right? That it was coming out right at the turn, right when a movie was coming out. Yeah, the Rampage movie was coming out. And I think they had the dinosaur on the poster, Mm -hmm. like climbing up the building with the rock right in front of him. (laughs) So they probably like, wait, 
we <laughs> this, our movie is kind of a selling point for this board game, right? Because I, I I think when you guys were reading, maybe we'll get to this later. When you guys were reading all the uh, board game reviews, a lot of people were like, "Oh, they're making a movie of this as well." Right? There there right? was confusion, and so yes. I I want to talk about that. Whether right. they want meant it or not, with good intentions or not, mm-hmm. people were interested in this because it bore the rampage name. And it looked, people were con- confused. They were putting up threads on Board Game Geek. They were asking, hey, is this an official Rampage product? Is this Rampage? Is this based on the video game? Is it, it, it at this point, it hadn't gotten yeah. to the movie. You see this nice tinfoil hat I got on here, Gar? <laughs> you like that? I like that. Hey, what do you think about Warner Brothers writing those reviews on the website themselves? Huh? Oh my what do you think if those reviews were just planted, Garrett, to win the lawsuit? <laughs> huh? You think big film, big rampage isn't going to come in and step on some, some small little mom and pop board game designer like our boy? Cloverfield fan 91. I, I don't know. Well, I, so, well, I, I can't remember. To, his name. to be fair, a board game about destroying buildings called Rampage, probably not a good move when there's a video, <laughs> when there's a video game that's uh that's about destroying built like about dinosaur destroying buildings that's called Rampage. Yeah. You, I, I think that I I think their greatest mistake was Rampage. <laughs> it was Rampage. Like it, what's what's what kind of gets under my skin is Rampage took all of its monsters from other popular media. I, I, I mean, you didn't hear the, the copyright owners of King Kong come knocking when Rampage yeah. makes a thing, and they're like, whoa, 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 buddy, a, a giant monkey. Ape, excuse me. A giant ape. <laughs> Not on my watch, big guy. And you didn't hear, like, j- the copyright overs in Japan who own the rights to Godzilla coming in and going, whoa, giant lizard attacking? I don't think so, pal. They didn't do that. Yeah. So for Rampage, the copyright owners of Rampage, and I, I realize that it's it's exchanged hands over the years. It's gone from Midway to Activision, and now it's Warner Brothers Interactive who owns it. But still, I mean, you're you're holding a franchise that made its namesake off of being inspired by other franchises, and now you're going to come in and step on somebody else. Not okay. That's what I say. I was going to say, having played the original Rampage game, the the video game um, in in the 1990s, um, having seen the game, I was not immediately reminded of of that video game, Mm -hmm. simply because it's such a basic idea of you have monsters destroying something. And the unique thing about the board game itself is how you're interacting with the game. It's a it's a it's a three dimensional board. You're flicking your uh, your your puck around. Um, you're you're blowing. You're destroying stuff up. There are creative things I think that it borrowed from the video games, but they also put a lot of creative content in there. Um, I think that uh, I, I don't think that they borrowed everything. Mm-hmm. That. Um, I, what do, what do you think from, that they borrowed if you don't mind me asking? Well, Garrett, I'm I'm specifically referencing um what Garrett was talking about as far as the um, imagery? Yes. Hmm. Um that is the specific thing that I know that they do did borrowed borrow um uh possibly I'm 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 leaning on that. We're like on a branch because I, if I had to say, I would say this was a transformative media change. And in fair use, yeah. if, if you're able to take an idea and you are able to give a meaningful transformation which alters it enough or adds to the original piece, it stands under the practices of fair use. Yes. 
And with Rampage, they improved on that shitty video yes. game. They, like, this is way better than the video game. This is way better than the, the, the movie. The, Dwayne The Rock Johnson didn't even like that movie, I don't think. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm not sure of the exact um, time. I'm not... I'm not sure of the release of the game. When exactly that, from what I understand, it took two years in order to create this game. In order for them to have released at the same time the movie was even being promoted and take advantage of that, it couldn't have happened unless they had known two years in advance. So I'm a little bit skeptical of that. Um, uh, from what we talked about before the podcast began, the, the, the more recent, the most recent, um, release of a video game rampage game was in 2006. That's seven years before, and it didn't even do that well. So for people to have the association of ah r- rampage franchise, yeah, let me buy into that. Um, for a, a generic word rampage, <laughs> in when they've recreated the entire environment and done a lot of stuff themselves, I think does not give enough credit to to what they've done. It's monsters destroying stuff. They mm-hmm. took the word rampage and put a lot of creative work into that. I, I agree with Thomas. Do you think they would have won if they had ignored the cease and desist? If let's say hypothetical situation, we got Mr. Moneybottom's pockets over here, where this uh, this little board game distributor, well, at least compared to Warner Brothers. Oh yeah. Uh, if they went to court, do you think they would win? I, I don't think they'd win. I think they. Oh. I think they. I, I don't think they win because they don't have enough money to throw at it. If I'm saying hypothetically, oh, hypo- if they oh, did. my bad. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I think they should. Yeah, I think they would win. I, I. I actually disagree with you. I think actually, if they'd gone to court, I think their one like their actual downfall was the fact that the movie was coming out and people and were posting people reviews. Were confused and mm. that and it that those two ended up starting starting to become correlated. I feel if the movie was not coming out, they would have ignored Rampage and just been like, oh, it's just. It's it, just another board game. But the fact that they're actually having people go to this board game because of their movie, they they feel like they're losing out on their own type of monetary. Um, I think it's eating into their sales. It's eating into their sales. It's they people are uh, associating it with a type of um, something affiliated with their movie. Yeah. And I think it's the if the movie hadn't come out, they yeah. would have won in court. Yeah. But if the, if because of the movie, and I think the judge would have been like if. You're eating into their sales legally. Yeah. That's a good if, point. Yeah. If I told... For, for a second. Yes. For copyright. The yeah. first person to do something, um, a new creative work, gets mm-hmm. that copyright, regardless of how much money the next person is going to put into mm-hmm. it. If if the if the game producer started producing in 2011 and was unaware of the movie and its possible future as a future association, mm-hmm. and they're putting that creative work into it and they're putting all that stuff into it, and then people happen to be um, uh, happen to think that oh because of the time of the release it might be related to a future release that's coming out after the board game, my thought is. The person who's producing it first and shows that, hey, we have evidence that we've been working on this. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can't limit the person's ability to do creative work. They should be able to produce, in my personal opinion. Yeah. I also have the opinion that you should never do anything to, if, like, if, if I knew about, like, Warner Brothers having the idea in advance mm-hmm. and knew that I was going to be putting something out that might piss Warner Brothers off, knowing how much money they have, I'd be like, let's come up with a new name. Yeah, it, yeah. Here, here's my thing. Here's what I think is the damning piece of evidence. It's all the Easter eggs. 
You can't say I'm ignorant to the Rampage franchise and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and have yeah. a Final Fantasy VII Buster Sword in there, right? Yeah. I, that's a good point. No, no, I'm not. Point. I'm not saying ignorant to the franchise. Sure, sure, sure. No, I, I understand what you're saying, but like, I, I, I what I'm saying is like, I, I think it's clear that they knew about the franchise, and I, 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 not that they're necessarily trying to capitalize on it, but like, I, I don't think you can say that you didn't know about Warner Brothers property and and just mm. and just ignore it now about the movie I, i'm not sure I, I i think the i mean the movie didn't even come out until 2018 and this game didn't come out until until yeah. 2011 so no i t- i totally agree i just think i think you kind of lose a little bit of credibility in, in the court when you're like oh, yeah you didn't know about uh rampage sir well i happen to be <laughs> a uh ps playstation enthusiast and i know for a fact that this is a buster sword and you don't know about rampage <laughs> Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> just get this total nerdy judge that just chews him out in front of the courtroom. Well, excuse me. Uh, excuse me, you're going to put the bat signal in there, then clearly you would have ideas concerning yeah. the rest of the uh, the rest of Warner Brothers' owned intellectual properties. Yeah, and, yeah. and the, the other thing is, okay, going back to your conspiracy theory, is I think there is about zero overlap between the users of Board Game Geek and the people that are buying movie licensed board games mm-hmm. uh, from from people like our good friend the Cardinal and and uh, and I don't know Pressman and and the likes. Right. So so I yeah I, I think it's a bit of a paltry move for Warner Brothers. To, I mean they're just throwing their weight. They're they're literally they're like well cease and desists are nothing. I like they'll throw right. a cease and desist at a YouTube user. exactly like at someone who like posts something on YouTube exactly. You'll get I mean I'm sure they didn't do their research to figure out if they were actually yeah. in violation, yeah. but they're like this looks similar. Yeah, we're gonna come out with a movie. We've just re- reserved the rights to this movie. We may put a board game out. Yeah, probably wouldn't quite happen. So was their argument? Um, was the argument of the people who created Rampage that they had no idea about Rampage. They didn't even I, make an argument. They immediately changed the name. Okay. I think they immediately. Fought. Because yeah. I wasn't. I was. I wasn't trying to give. I. I don't. I don't. I think that they knew about the games. I think sure. that they took sure, 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 right. inspiration from it. Yeah. 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 Well, since we've gotten to go over sort of our perceptions on the game, let's see if there's any mention of this in some of the reviews that we have here. I, I have one review. It doesn't necessarily mention the. Uh, it doesn't exactly mention the, the lawsuit of it, but it does give our uh, our similar perceptions on the dexterity factors going into this game. Uh, Smurf of Death says, Man, I love this game. Set up as a bear for what you get, but I just don't care. Screw King of Tokyo. This is the monster-punching game that I want to play. And I, I actually agree with that. King of Tokyo was a huge hit, and I think it's a very fun game to play. But if you're... If you're a giant monster destroying a city, I don't know why you don't want that to be tactile. So I definitely agree with this guy. Garrett, you got anything? Yeah, I think this is interesting. Um, this game also coincidentally came out uh, not too long after King of Tokyo. Ooh. Uh, so uh, you had a lot of people comparing those games. And they're, you know, as far as a game goes, not the same, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, it's funny. I, I found a review. This one guy says, uh, Rampage is a long way to game from designers Antoine Bowser and Ludwig Maublanc, and publishers Repos Production and Asmodee Editions. In the game, you are monsters who are quite literally knocking over Tokyo, and then he puts the strike through text, Meeple City, by jumping <laughs> on and blowing over buildings, among other things. After Gen Con, I thought Rampage was one of the great games of the con. Uh, now the game is finally here, and the game is still as amazing as I remember, especially now that I have it set up by myself. 
read below to find out how. And, and he goes through a very detailed review. Um, but yeah, man, they could not catch a catch a break here. This game was getting was getting uh, compared to King of Tokyo, and this game was actually in development way well before King of Tokyo. As we mentioned, there's mm-hmm. the two years where they just didn't release it because they were waiting to uh, try to get that price down. God, which is, it, I think, it just sucks for these. What guys. a bear! You get slapped yeah. by King of Tokyo fans, and then you get slapped by Warner Brothers. Um, on the indefensible side, I think Terror and Meeple City is an awful board game name. But uh, that is a terrible <laughs> board game name. I'm, Allison, if you could name this game anything, puns included, <laughs> what would you have named this game? Um, well, I'm not sure if you're going to include this, but uh, taking a rampage of my book was really <laughs> good as far as puns. Um, Don't laugh here. Please laugh. Tom won't laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had to physically pull Tom's finger from the stop button, so we we uh, we almost got that cut, but it's still in, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Yes. Okay. Um. So as far as like a really good official name, there's so many adjectives for uh, destroying things that I feel like they maybe could have pre- predicted that maybe they'd have an issue and been this like let's just name it another word terror. Terror. <laughs> <laughs> um, spooky monster. Spooky monster time. Oh. And it's, it's so cute too. Monsters mashing cities. Um, okay, I'll, get, I'll get back to you on more puns. Um, <laughs> Matt, go and I'll, I'll come back. Same question? Same question, Matt. Monster smash? Monster smash. I, I, you might run into some more legal tr- troubles with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if monster it's, smash it's pretty close to one. monster mash. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, oh. you're going to have to get slapped for the big old cease and desist for that one. Uh, here's a review by Pan. Uh, he says, this is an in- interesting point he brings up. He says, not ideal. He says, I like it, but not ideal for a five-year-old with limited breath power. and lo- <laughs> <laughs> Just doesn't have the lung capacity I, to knock over those buildings. Actually, I think that's better if you blow those. Those things blow very, very hard and very far. Mm-hmm. If you have a five-year-old, you're losing all those pieces. So, Garrett, now that we've got to go over sort of everybody else's uh, perspectives on this, or at least some of the other ones, unless you have any more, Garrett. You got any more up your sleeve? Uh, no, no. I, I, I think it is worth noting that there are multiple people just pointing out the similarities between their old fan-fave arcade game, mm-hmm. which was quite successful, Rampage. I, I mean, there are multiple reviews of people pointing, like when your game originally came out as mm-hmm. Rampage, people pointing out the similarities between this and Rampage. Gotcha. So I think it is worth noting, and I, I think most of us are all on the side of, of the game publisher here. Right. And, and, you know, unfortunately they didn't have the money to fight it, but yeah. the similarities are there whether or not they want to admit it. And I'm not sure if we're going to make a special category for this game because I kind of feel guilty grading it because I'm going to go first because this thing's going to grade so much higher (laughs) than anything else we've done. We got our big board and this is a a podcast where we're supposed to look at games that do something bad or something bad and being legally bad still puts you head and shoulders above Butt Quest (laughs) and above all the other trashy games that we played on this show. Um, so I don't know. We're going to try and figure out some sort of, uh, we got to nerf it. We're going to have to nerf the game, handicap handicap the game. We could, we could rate the title Terran Meeple City. Yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll include that into my rating. Uh, but, but anyways, yeah, I've said everything that I want to about this game. I love all the versatility of destroying an entire city with the, the movements that they list and the actions that you can take. I think it's brilliant. Uh, I think the art is a lot of fun. Uh, even if there's a lot of Easter eggs and even if Warner brothers doesn't like it, I had a good time playing it. Um, I think that, uh, I, I personally came down very hard on their side. I think that, uh, Rampage is a fine name for a board game. And, uh, you know, I'm, 
I, I'm I'm here to fight for the old mom and pop as Monty. I, what's her name? Will the distributors care? Repost production. Repost production. Repost production. There we yeah. Go. Uh, now, but now bought by Asmodee. I mean, uh, Asmodee. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, the Warner Brothers of board games, by the way. At this point, so. Oh. <laughs> you either become you either destroy the monster, or you long live long enough to become it. Yeah. There you go. But anyways, I'm gonna give this game a six point five. Out of 10. Okay. I'm trying to nerf it a little bit. All right. Just because of the lawsuit stuff. There's got to be a reason we have it on the show. Sure. You go ahead, Gary. Uh, I, I enjoyed this game immensely. I thought it was a lot of fun. Flicking stuff is always fun. Uh, I know we haven't done a ton of dexterity games. We did the uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots game. Uh, but generally, we don't we don't get to play a ton. And I think that's because... I guess the uh, the water bottle flip challenge was was also a dexterity game. That was a great dexterity game. <laughs> But a good dexterity game, it's it's hard to come by, and I I super appreciated this. Um, I too, I'm gonna knock off. Uh, let's say I'm gonna knock off uh, three points for the Terran Meeple City title. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I thought this was a great game. I think in general, I'd probably give this a nine as far as like a family game goes. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna bring it down to I'll, I'll do a six. Okay, solid, Allison. Um, I had a great time playing this game. I'm tempted to actually go get it myself. Yeah. Um, I it was just. There's so many fun aspects to it, and I loved all the different dexterity dexterity parts, and I also like the fact that you can add on to those with all your secret abilities. I, I'm gonna knock it a few points because it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of setup, lots of small parts. If you have kids, you're losing most of those parts. <laughs> That's, That's actually a really good point. I think I think setup is a bear in this game. Like yeah. you're having to kind of outsource outsource all your uh, building construction to the other players. Uh, but yeah, that is a bear in this game. Good yes, play. and yeah, you're 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 definitely losing all those parts. You can't really you have to be very careful with that. Um, I'd probably give it maybe around seven or eight. I'm okay. gonna give it a seven point five. Seven point five. Wow. I. I want this game. Okay. Very good. I, I I'm going to get this game. Mm-hmm. You getting the Terra Meeple City version? I'll, or are you going to go get, on the hunt for I'll, Rampage? I'll support them. They probably panicked and switched it as soon as they could. So they probably didn't think about the name very much. All right. So I'll, I'll give them some leeway for that. Yeah. Matthew. Um, I would say um, I'd give it a seven. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that it was a fun game. Uh, you could... I There were different... Th- there were different ways that you could play it because there were so many ability cards. Like if you play it one time, you might have one set of abilities as as opposed to as opposed to a different time where you might have a different set of abilities. And I think that that could be really fun. As far as uh, the name of the game, uh, I'd probably cross it through and put Carnage. Um, uh, <laughs> would you include the strike through word on the on the board game box? Yeah. Like, like this is what we were forced to yeah. do. This is, this is what we were forced to do. If if if, if it was Meeple City, if it was mm-hmm. if it was if it was actually named Rampage on the box I got, mm-hmm. I'd probably just leave it because that's I don't know that was their original intent. Yeah. Um, but okay. uh, yeah, a solid get, seven. Yeah, a solid seven. Very nice. Where does that put us at, Gare? Hey, guys. It's uh, actually Jeff here, and I just wanted to... Um, Shut give, up, give, Jeff. ...give my <laughs> review. I'm going to Get out of here, Jeff. I'm going to give it a two. Two? Oof. No. Oh, Jeff, two you gave it a two? Jeff, man. Jeez. Ooh. Jeff phoning in on shitty Skype God. to give it a shitty score. I can't believe this. Where does that put us at? Unfortunately, that's going to drop us quite heavily. We are actually down to a 5.8 rough draft boys you and girl average. you got to be kidding me. Yeah, once again, Jeff with the wild card on this episode. <laughs> Every time he's not on an episode, he like just 
tanks the rating. Good God. Or that, he blows it up. Oh, Thanks, my yeah. goodness. Guy's that, a schizo. That's a 5.8 on our on our range. Uh, Board Game Geek has this game as a 6.9. Wow. This game is wildly popular. Uh, people were honestly, as soon as this game got it, it got announced that they were changing the name to Terry Meeple City, people were putting it up for sale, trying to make a buck selling their original Rampage copy as the uh, first edition. That's why I was so keen on getting my Rampage edition from Half Price Books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people love it. This is an excellent game, and uh, I, I was super happy to, for once in our existence to finally play a game that was worthwhile. So that was, uh, mm-hmm. was, a, was, a, was a breath of fresh air, because yeah. I, I got to tell you, Tom. And a heartbreaking mood from Jeff to just tank it all. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I gotta tell you, I, I just don't know how much more I could take. So. I, I, well, if you at home can quantify how much more Garrett can take, then you could go ahead and send us the numbers to our uh, our Twitter our Twitter account at Rough Draft Games on Twitter. You can hit us up there. You can ask Jeff questions. Why does he continue to do this every single episode? Is he just a bitter human being in general? Don't be afraid to get personal with it. But yes, you can hit us up there. And if 120 characters can't contain all your thoughts, Garrett, what can they do? Well, you can send me an email. And uh, that's also a good good place for me to send you a phone number of one Jeff Lee if you need to be texting him. I'm, I'm known to accidentally give out phone numbers. So uh, <laughs> if you just want to send me an email, roughdraftgames at gmail.com. I promise I'll answer. I'll, uh, I'll include any personal information you want to know about the boys. Um, and uh, Jeff, are you still here? You want to tell us about the uh, tell us about the thing you do? Yeah, guys. Um, you can catch out the old uh, thematic post we have at uh, roughdraftgames.com. You hear how many times he says um? He's so unprofessional. God, let's just hang up, dude. That's, that's enough. I know. Booted from the call. And lastly, but not least. If you guys would go and be so kind as to give us five stars on iTunes, it really helps us with the ratings. It helps us appear in algorithms. I don't know how the science of it works, but we really do appreciate those of you who have gone ahead and and supported the show. It helps spread our little community, and it helps uh, it helps uh, helps make the neighborhood of uh, Rough Draft Games a little bit larger and a little bit better with uh, having you guys along for our little ride that we're going on here. Oh shoot, Tom! You know what? What's that? I just got a cease and desist letter. <laughs> How did this get made? Just send us a cease and desist letter. They're they're upset. We stole their idea. I guess we're just gonna have to come up with a new name for hey, the show. Hey, pull the plug, boys! Pull the plug. We're done. <laughs>